Change is what I believe in. Even 
nothing on the table It's time to come on out There will be no sign from above You'll only hear the knock, knock, knock Of your own heart signal If you are afraid Again, dynamite the dam on the floor. Your body feels the talk, talk, 
That was the Unitarian Universalist congregation of Frederick's virtual choir, and now we are all going to lift our voices and singing our processional hymn, whose lyrics are printed in your order of service, which you, if you're in the room, you have a paper copy, and if you're online, you can access that electronically. We're going to view a video processional, and also the clergy and seminarians who are present will be processing into the sanctuary as we are led in singing by Michael Adcock. So please rise in spirit and or in body and let's sing. Good afternoon. My name is Paige Getty. I use the pronouns she, her, and hers, and I have the great privilege of serving the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. And with Reverend Dr. Carl Gregg and the members of the UU Congregation of Frederick, Maryland, we are here to celebrate the ministry of Jen Raffensperger today. 
Welcome colleagues. Welcome Jen's family and friends. Welcome all who are guests with us today. We are thrilled to have you here, whether you are in person or with us virtually on this very special occasion. And for those of us who are here with us virtually, we're going to take a moment now to let the people in the room see you on the screen. So these are our nearly 100 devices logged in. Uh, so welcome. We're really glad to have you here with us virtually today. We will see and hear from many different individuals who have contributed to today's ceremony, and thank you all for your contributions. Please help me also offer very special thanks to the staff and volunteers who have worked and are working right now behind the scenes to bring this event to life. We have ushers both online and in person, but an extra special shout out to UUCC's Hannah Nelson and to the Estelles, who are our extraordinary audiovisual tech team. Thank you so very, very much. And Delilah, too. Likely, each one of us has a story about a special minister in our lives, one who inspired us, advised us, challenged us, someone who was there with us with just the right words, the right smile, the right story. Maybe she is the reason that you are a Unitarian Universalist. Maybe he has been a model of justice-making for you. Maybe she gets credit for your surviving your teenage years. Maybe they get credit for you surviving your divorce or the death of your child or a beloved partner. You are here today because you know that ministry has the power to transform lives. Clearly, Jen Raffensperger has prepared for ministry. Jen has completed academic and practical training through Meadville Lombard Theological School and at the UU Congregation of Frederick here in Maryland. She has successfully completed the requirements of the Unitarian Universalist Association's Ministerial Fellowship Committee. She can probably even say it. <laughs> Most importantly, Jen has answered the holy calling to serve humankind and the interconnected web of life in the Unitarian Universalist ministry. The Columbia and Frederick congregations have, in turn, elected to ordain Jen to that ministry, acting on the right that in our tradition is reserved only for the local parish. We have been fortunate to partner with her in ministerial formation, both Jen and these congregations, each growing more fully into ourselves because of that relationship. And so it is with a sense of responsibility and also confidence in Jen's calling that these two congregations have elected to ordain her to this ministry. Thank you, Jen, for that honor. And now, as we prepare to celebrate and to worship, I invite you to take a deep breath, to open your mind, your heart, your body to this sacred occasion and let the sounding of the bell call you fully into worship.
Friends, I invite you to come into this place from wherever you are, whoever you are, come into this place. Let us turn ordinary benches and chairs and recliners and computer screens and kitchen tables into a place where our bodies bear witness to the light of Jen's ministry. Come, whoever you are, wherever you are, be in this place of gladness, of new beginnings. Come to bear witness to this great turning. Come in so that we can celebrate all the gifts this advisor, this educator, this activist, this preacher, this prayer warrior has bestowed upon us. May your troubles by the riverside ground your feet on the floor beneath you. Let your breath remind you of the life we are honored to live. For in this place, at this hour, we are one in purpose. So come, come, let us like candles of celebration, of possibilities of that which is yet to be. Later this afternoon, we'll be hearing a reading that Reverend Jen loves. It talks about stars and stardust. Right now, we'd like to talk about who we are and how we are made of stardust and why that's important to a minister. Wait, Miss Nicole, did you say that we're all made of stardust? We are. Listen, as we tell you the universe story of who we are and where we came from. This story comes from many different people from many different places with special thanks to Connie Barlow for her version and Brian Swim and Thomas Berry for writing about the story and teaching us. In the beginning was the dream. The dream was with God and the dream was God. Through the dream, all things came to be. Not one thing had its being, but through the dream. And out of this mystery created light or light came forth. 15 billion years ago, the universe was dreamed into being. The initial flaring forth contained all the light, energy, and potential for everything that would ever come to be. This is called the Great Radiance, or the Big Bang in scientific circles. But I like the idea of the dream flaring forth. Galaxies formed, and small galaxies merged into bigger galaxies, like our Milky Way. Stars began to squeeze hydrogen gas into helium, then carbon and calcium and more. Our sun was born after ancestor stars exploded and enriched the galaxy with stardust atoms. Ooh, it must have been like fireworks. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Fireworks so big that our minds have a hard time even imagining how big and how wonderful. Earth 
and other planets form from stardust that swirls into ever bigger clumps. Earth's moon is born when a giant meteor splatters a big chunk of Earth into orbit. Rain falls for the first time when Earth cools. Then the rain gathers into oceans. Life begins in the ocean when ancestors of bacteria find ways to eat stardust. Sponges, jellyfish, clams, and fish evolve in the oceans. Plants begin to grow on land when algae, or seaweed, evolves ways to survive in dry air. Amphibians, like salamanders, evolve from fish who learn to crawl and breathe air. Insects evolve wings and become the first creatures to fly. Trees grow tall when plants discover how to fill their stems with sturdy cells of wood. Dinosaurs evolve and some grow long necks to eat leaves high up in trees. Reptiles return to the sea and become mosasaurs, plesiosaurs, and ichthyosaurs. A giant meteor strikes Earth. Dinosaurs, ammonites, and marine reptiles go extinct. That makes me really sad that the dinosaurs disappeared from the Earth. Well, the good news is that some of the Earth creatures survived the giant meteor. Let's listen to more of the story. Turtles survived the meteor by sleeping in mud. Then comes the golden age of turtles. Little mammals survive the meteor in burrows. Then they diversify into many kinds of creatures. Primates live in the trees and evolve fingers and toes to hold on to branches. Grasses evolve underground stems so that cows and lawnmowers can't hurt them. Humans evolve when primates in Africa learn how to walk on grasslands and to talk. Wow, humans are finally here! I wonder if there were squirrels. Oh, right, there are definitely humans, and this is where the story gets complicated. Let's keep listening. The Ice Age begins, and humans learn how to make fire to cook food and keep warm. Dogs are adopted by humans to help them track down animals to hunt. Cats are adopted by farmers who need to keep mice and rats away from stored grain. Horses are adopted by humans to give us a ride, haul heavy things, and plow fields. Humans learn to cooperate in bigger and bigger cities and we learn how to read. Jen and all of us here listening to this story are born. And now we are learning the story of all that came before. Um, uh, why are we telling the story about Stardust today? Well, because we are all made of Stardust, Hope. And we're all part of a common beginning from Stardust. Am I from Stardust? All of us, yes. We believe as Unitarian Universalists that we all have a purpose to fulfill, that we have a calling right now, right here. Let's listen. What will our future be? And what role will we play in this universe story? 
What role will Reverend Jen play in our futures? We know that to be a Unitarian Universalist is to be called to build a better world. We believe that each and every being is important, that we're connected to each other and to the world in a special way, that we are meant to create heaven right here, right now, as part of who and what we are as human beings. And because Reverend Jen went to seminary, she is now especially qualified to inspire us and lead us in those efforts to build a better world. That stardust in all of us can inspire us to be in community together with Jen and with everything else. What a wonderful story. When the when delegates from the Unitarian, uh, the American Unitarian Association, and delegates from the Universalist Church in America came together to vote to create the Unitarian Universalist Association, this living tradition into which we are ordaining. Jen today. The song that they sang after finally, there's a really long story that I won't go into about how it almost didn't happen, but when it finally did happen, the song that they sang together as they were streaming back into their, the joint place where they were meeting was When Tranquil Streams, and it includes a line that says that, that we as a people practice a freedom that reveres the past, a freedom that reveres the past, but trust the dawning future more. So that we as a people, we're part of this living tradition symbolized by this flaming, alive, warm chalice. And so we're, you know, focused on new people coming in and, and what that can bring. But part of what we noticed as a people a few decades into this new living tradition of Unitarian Universalism is that there were people like Jen, like other that had, were willing to give their lives to this movement, to this living tradition, but that economically were kind of falling to the wayside because they, they weren't for various different causes and conditions. So what we as a people did, also delegates, just like those delegates back in the day, uh, delegates in 1988 to the annual Unitarian Universalist General Assembly voted to create what is called the Living Tradition Fund. 
and requested that future ordination and installation services consider including an offering to support this fund. And 100% of anything you give today will go directly to support the Living Tradition Fund. Over the years, that request has become a tradition among many of us in our UU congregations. Your generosity today can provide support to three types of ministry in our living tradition. Need-based scholarships for Unitarian Universalist seminarians who have completed at least one full year of theological education. So you have completed a year and just unable to keep going forward without help from that living tradition fund. Or assistance to new ministers to reduce the burden of high educational debt and repayment. Also, emergency financial assistance to seminarians, to ministers, to religious professionals, to retired ministers and their loved ones. All can be beneficiaries of this Living Tradition Fund. So if you receive benefit from our Living Tradition, I invite you to give generously as you are able. But I also invite you to not just give because you may receive benefit, also see this as an opportunity to give through the Living Tradition Fund, to all the people who benefit from the ministry of the people you can be supporting and make possible through your generosity today. You can give from a text-to-give option that I believe is detailed in your order of service should also be on the screen. So you can text-to-give when completing the giving form. Please choose ordination from the drop-down menu. There's also a basket in the back of the sanctuary for cash or check contributions, and if you do write a check, make that check to um, UUCC, the UU Congregation of Columbia, and put ordination in the memo line. So in a few moments, we'll be invited to sing together uh, hymn number 299. You can remain seated for that, unless you feel led to get up and go back to that offering basket, in which you are most welcome to do that during the hymn. You're also welcome during this hymn. If you want to get out a, a device and, and do that text-to-give option, you are welcome to do that. Please give generously as you are able in this season of your life. The offering will be gratefully received.
Hi, I'm Julia Jones. I'm the ministerial intern at Beverly Unitarian Church in Chicago, Illinois. And I'm the Reverend Scott Hull, and I am the minister at the Unitarian Universalist Society of Geneva, Illinois. Jen, I am so, so excited for you on this day, and I am so, so grateful both for your friendship and for all of the contributions that you will make to our denomination just by being your amazing self. I love you. <laughs> Jen, it's been such an amazing honor to be part of your journey these last several years. There's been so many opportunities for us to sit down and talk and be together and share ideas. And I just wanted to let you know that I'm grateful for that. You're amazing. And I think you are going to be an incredible, incredible addition to our tradition. I'm just grateful to know you. We're, we have a reading today uh, from Ada Limon entitled Dead Stars. Out here, there's a bowing even the trees are doing. Winter's icy hand at the back of all of us. Black bark, slick yellow leaves, a kind of stillness that feels so mute, it's almost in another year. I am a hearth of spiders these days, a nest of trying. We point out the stars that make Orion as we take out the trash, the rolling containers, a song of suburban thunder. It's almost romantic as we adjust the waxy blue recycling bin until you say, Man, we really should learn some new constellations. And it's true. We keep forgetting about Aunt Leah, Centaurus, Draco, Lacerda, Hydra, Lyra, Lynx. But mostly we're forgetting we're dead stars too. My mouth is full of dust and I wish to reclaim the rising. To lean in the spotlight of streetlight with you, toward what's larger within us, toward how we were born. Look, we are not unspectacular things. We've come this far, survived this much. What would happen if we decided to survive more? To love harder? What if we stood up with our synapses and flesh and said, no, no? to the rising tides. Stood for the many mute mouths of the sea, of the land. What would happen if we used our bodies to bargain? For the safety of others, for Earth. If we declared a clean night, if we stopped being terrified. If we launched our demands into the sky, made ourselves so big People could point to us with the arrows they make in their minds. Rolling their trash bins out after all of this is over. Congratulations, Jen. You know, I travel around and write songs and talk to people. Not too dissimilar from what you're doing really, when you think about it. Um, and I like to think of the songs as little dandelion seed puffs that are floating around all the time. And uh, the trick is to notice them, grab them, plant them, 
I'm sure that is very similar to what y'all do as ministers and picking up the little moments in life and uh, being able to reflect on them and then be able to spin them back out to people. This is one that uh, came to me, gosh, a few years ago for sure, but um, certainly had that feeling of, of coming from an, a place beyond. Um, and I'll offer it to you in that same spirit. I live my life as I please. Come and go at my ease. It's how you do in the evening. And then it's fair you well at dawn. Long ago, I traded in any chance to ever win that game of rabid kings and queens that devours every pawn. But I got friends in every town. Most went straight and settled down. We talk a while, we shake our heads. We shake hands and then I'm gone. I guess I never could let go my first love from long ago. Once I heard that music playing, my heart was swept and gone. So what's one more lonely night with the morning in my sight? When tomorrow just might bring something good And what's one more empty club No money to speak of When I'm doing what I love And what I should I might seem brash, I might seem odd, I might look lost to all but God, but that freedom is my virtue, and that virtue is my own. And any time I've compromised, my concessions were despised, and rightly so, I didn't mean them. They were poorly carved from stone. I've had my pain, I've had my fun, just the same as anyone. But now those days of youth are ending. And I have much I must atone. For I no longer can deny this truth that streams in through my eye that every atom is connected that no one stands alone so how could i go wrong writing you this song when you've known it all along as much as me 
And how could I really lose when God's my only muse and the present must infuse eternity? You go, girl. Good evening, family. When I consider your heavens and meditate on your creation, on the moon, the stars, and all you have ordained, what is humankind that you are mindful of them, and the daughters and sons of humankind that you visit them, specks of dust floating about the cosmos? So says Psalm 8, I'd say, when I consider this relatively heavenly moment, the ordaining of my kind-hearted lightworker friend, Jen, I am over the moon with a cosmic kind of joy. There are really so few moments in life, the once or twice in a lifetime occasions we find ourselves rising into from time to time, birth, death, marriage, promotion, initiation, graduation, ordination, the last being one of those rare aha moments that is equally full of gravity and grace, you find that you are the occasion. Somehow a stardust cloud of witnesses all rise to shine a spotlight on you, or rather reflect your starlight back to you. It's usually a blur, but there's an instant or two of stillness where you look around at all your colleagues, looking at you, looking at them, looking at you, and you just kind of pause in a surreal moment of still life and say, wow, apparently I am not an unspectacular thing. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm everything, but I'm definitely not nothing. I'm something more than ordinary. Apparently, I'm ordainable. When I consider this moment, how many people in theory Jen could have considered to preach her ordination moment, I consider it the honor and privilege of a lifetime that she was mindful of me. Thank you, Jen. I am mindful that she might be one of the most kind human beings I've ever had the gift of knowing, and I know a lot of humans. A fair amount of them are ministers. I am one, for God's sake. <laughs> Jen is the kind of human whose heart is so full of genuine grace and mercy and loving kindness, you can't help but be helped by it. From the first moment, some part of your heart immediately knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're safe with Jen, that you can trust her with things, important life things, your secrets, your dreams, your fears, your tears, your heart, your loved ones, your congregation. And you will get everything back better than it was when you gave it to her. You sense that you can trust her with your life, she is the kind of soft, warm light that you would want holding your hand in your hour of death. The kind of authentically empathic soul that is eternally present with you, not just hearing your stuff, but feeling your stuff with you. Whether you're together for five minutes or five hours, Jen will give you her honest-to-goddess, undivided attention, non-judgmental, non-anxious. Jen will lean into the spotlight of the streetlight with you, always, and you will be clear, above all, Jen cares for you, and that is not an unspectacular thing. When I consider this moment, 
I'm mindful of how much of life is moments, not necessarily eras or decades or years, not even really days, moments. Once in a lifetime occasions that we find ourselves rising into snapshots of the eternal present. When I consider many of my heart-to-heart -heart visits with elders in the twilight of their lives, their mouths are usually full of still life. Moments when time stood still and they stood in awe of life and their minds floated into a holy moment of pause sprinkled with specks of stardust. The moment they just knew they were in love or they were out of love, synchronicities, serendipity. The moment they felt called to something larger inside them, suddenly feeling reborn and airborne, floating towards something larger outside themselves. The elders say as you expand forward into time, the years behind you and the rear view are compressed, collapsing inward, surrendering to the holy darkness of gravity and what remains in view are the stars, the moments. When I consider this moment, I'm mindful of how many of life's big deal moments involve a minister, one of us holy order types, front and center. When a soul comes into this world or leaves this world, when two souls decide to join their worlds, when souls of a tribe or a community or nation gather to rise against the unholy darkness of hate or injustice, all the moments usually involve an ordained somebody in the spotlight. It's usually a blur, but there's an instant or two of stillness at a wedding, a worship service, memorial service, infant dedication, or ordination, where you look around at all the people who are looking at you, looking at them, looking at you, and you just kind of pause in a surreal moment of still life and say, wow, I am the only thing happening right now. Nobody else is doing anything. I'm kind of the North Star here. That's bananas. <laughs> this is probably one of the top five most meaningful moments of their life. And if I mess this moment up, that is all anyone will remember. But also, if I bless this moment up and the right kind of light comes through me, almost everyone might experience a moment of transcendence. The Latin root of ordain, also ordinary, translates to order. In a sense, ideally, we are ordering the chaos of the moment into something extraordinary. That is not an unspectacular thing. When I consider this moment, I am mindful that many moons ago, October 1983, the star that Jen called Dad had a similar moment of still life. Called to something larger inside him, suddenly feeling reborn and airborne, floating towards something larger outside himself, the North Star. Permanent ordination into the diaconate of the Catholic Church, giving his heart's undivided attention and a fair amount of his time. And Jen's dad had her heart. Even as her theology evolved elsewhere, he was there for her, non-anxious, non-judgmental, with grace and mercy and loving kindness. And Jen was there with him as cancer took him into not, not so gently into his good night, 2009. A soft, warm light holding his hand in the hour of his death, ushering him into the great beyond. Though I feel sure some part of his heart's starlight is floating here in this moment's atmosphere, watching his daughter rise into her North Star proudly, and that is not an unspectacular thing. 
When I consider this moment, I am mindful that 30 years before the moment of her father's funeral in the very same church, Jen closed her eyes in silent prayer, and in her mind, in a moment of pause, called forth a still life, an image of steam rising from each soul in that space, gathering together in the atmosphere above the church. And for many years, that was Jen's image and likeness of God. And that is not an unspectacular thing. And it was a moment in another church, this church, in fact, 2011, where her mind called forth a still life by way of her still small voice saying, see that, be that. But then there is the yellow brick road of getting accepted to seminary, career assessment, more seminary, internship, CPE, more seminary, the MFC reading list, more seminary, the MFC appointment. And not everyone who crosses the ministry starting line crosses the finish line. They say many are called, but the chosen are few. The cool thing about ordination is that it is a church or churches choosing you, freely wishing to give you your marching orders, a holy kind. This is not an unspectacular moment of life. It is also not an unspectacular moment in the world. Wars, wildfires, rising tides, plagues, hate, genocide, trafficking, terrorism, mental health crises, public health crises, opioids, on and on. It is dark out there. But as the very ordained Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King once said, only when it is dark enough can you see the stars. He said that on April 3rd, 1968, only really a few hours before the hour of his death. The next day, he was stardust. But he had been to the mountaintop, and now he was gathered above it, rising into the sky as a star. And it's a still life that we still look to for guidance, a North Star. When I consider this moment in time, it is dark out there, but it is quite light in here. We are the stars, the light workers that channel grace into the darkness against all odds, ordering the chaos into something extraordinary, vessels through which great transformation and restoration flow as eternal presence, gifts. Jen, we are here to celebrate your gifts, your softly warm incandescent light, and your pure heart, bold as love, your journey to and from this holy moment of your holy marching orders. And we are so grateful that you rose to this occasion, listened to your still small voice tell you what I knew the first moment I met you. You are ministry. Loving kindness shines through you in the most undeniable way. And every soul who crosses your path is better for it. You are not an unspectacular thing. And when I consider this relatively heavenly moment, this occasion through which you are rising, I am mindful that you have already ordained us in gentle, compassionate, empathic, authentic love. And it is our great gift to be able to return the favor. May it be so. I want to invite you to join me in a space silence, holy silence, after which we'll share some words of prayer together.
I invite you now to join me in a space of prayer, lifting up these words from Psalm 8. Please look to the divine of your understanding. O love, our light, how excellent is thy name throughout the earth. Your magnificent glory shines far above the skies. From the mouths and souls of the most innocent, you have decreed power to stop the hateful and the hurtful and quash the harmful. When I gaze to the skies and meditate on your creation, on the moon, stars, and all you have made, what is humankind that you are mindful of them, and the sons and daughters of humankind that you visit them? For you have made them a little lower than the angels. You have crowned them in glory and honor. You have ordained them to have communion with the works of your hands, and you have placed all things by their side, all the creatures of the field, fire, wind, and water. O oh, love, our light, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. Blessed be.
Good afternoon. My name is Lisa Bromfield. I'm the president of the Board of Trustees at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Frederick, where we had the pleasure of experiencing Jen's service as our intern minister, I should say her admirable and authentic service for two years. Good evening, everyone, and especially Jen. I love the bling mask, by the way. I don't know if everyone can see that. It's beautiful. My name is Colette Gelwix. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm the Congregational President for the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. In the Unitarian Universalist tradition, ordination is one of the most cherished rites of our faith. The authority to confer ordination lies wholly within each congregation and not within any hierarchical power structure. It is a profound moment of joy when, con excuse me, when congregational communities come together to recognize one among us who has answered the call to ministry as their life's work. For in doing so, we are declaring our belief in the future of our progressive religious movement. Ours is a faith tradition of voluntary relationships based on covenants or promises that we make to one another. We form and sustain these covenantal relationships through connections, connections we make to ourselves, to each other, and to something greater than us. Each of these relationships is a part of this service of ordination. Jen, you have undergone the deep work of preparation for ministry and have allowed it to open your heart to the sacred possibilities of life. Having received the recommendation of the Ministerial Fellowship Committee of the Unitarian Universalist Association and by the authority of these two congregations, it is our joy and our privilege to offer you ordination on this day. Are you prepared to formally and fully take upon yourself the yoke of ministry? Are you prepared to accept the responsibilities and the joys, the privileges and the burdens of ordained ministry in this Unitarian Universalist tradition? I am. <laughs> As the congregation where Jen discovered her home in Unitarian Universalism, and received her call to serve in the ministry of our religious tradition, the members of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia, Maryland, have voted to ordain Jen Raffensperger. As the teaching congregation that supported Jen in her formation, helping her to grow into the minister she is today, the members of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Frederick, Maryland, have voted to ordain Jen Raffensperger. Assembled here online and in person are the members and friends of these two ordaining congregations. Together we acknowledge our own calling to be engaged and active partners in our covenantal faith. Together, we affirm our commitment to the shared ministry of Unitarian Universalism. Are we prepared now to live our commitment by conferring 
uh, conferring ordination upon Jen Raffensperger? If so, please say or write in the chat, yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> Assembled members of the ordaining congregations, please join in reciting the words now displayed on your screen. We invite those of you here in person to rise in body or in spirit. We, the members of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia, and we, the members of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Frederick, hereby ordain you, Jen Raffensperger, to the Unitarian Universalist Ministry. Wherever you are called to serve, we charge you to speak the truth in freedom and in love, to minister with compassion to joys and sorrows, to promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person, and to work for justice each day. We promise to support you in all the ways that we can throughout your ministry. Family, friends, colleagues, and anyone else who wishes to add their blessings, please recite the words written on the screen. We invite those of you here in person to rise, or stay standing, <laughs> in body or in spirit. It is with great joy and deep gratitude that I accept the ministry to which you have ordained me. Mindful of the immense privileges and responsibilities of ministry, I promise to minister with love, compassion, authenticity, and kindness in service to our Unitarian Universalist faith. I know, like those who have come before me, that all ministry is shared ministry and that I cannot do this work alone. I am grateful for your love and support as I take up this ministry where boundless enthusiasm meets with the bittersweet wholeness of life. There my ministry will go with the strength of your affirmation and the clarity of my call. Celebrate now as a Unitarian Universalist minister and affirm your ordination as the Reverend Jen Raffensperger. May your ministry be a transformative force for love and justice. We need to have a thing we say together. Let the people say Amen. Jen, on behalf of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Frederick Internship Committee, who had the great honor and privilege of working with you, uh, we and the whole entire Universalist Congregation of Frederick present you with this 
garment, this stole, um, which has evolved over time as a clear symbol of ordained ministry uh, to which you enter today. But, but remember, it did evolve, and one of the original uses was supposedly, uh, reportedly, um, as a napkin or Kleenex, you know, a tissue. <laughs> and I would advise against that today. I'd, I'd stick with, with that <laughs> much better. And Jen, on behalf of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia, we have another stole. I, are you allowed to put two on top of each other? Okay. So this was selected by the Board of Trustees. Specifically, I think because of the colors, we thought you would love them. Um, and I actually love that this entire ordination has been about stars, and so the sun and the new beginning, um, I think is a good symbolism here for you. Congratulations. Do I do a thing? So Jen, this next part of your ordination ceremony is not about words. The act of ordination is now complete. And now we will sanctify that act by touching you and by touching one another, reminding us that we are all connected, that we are all embodied, and that words alone are inadequate to express the power of faith and the power of ministry. The laying on of hands is a traditional act of blessing, of healing, of sanctification. This act is a prayer it is an embrace. It's our bestowing a mantle of trust and power and hope on you. It is an expression of our connection, an expression of wholeness, an expression of our shared power, as you said. Even as you have been set apart today as one who is called into ordained ministry. So all of us gathered will touch you, either virtually, regardless of where your body is, this may be virtual touch for you, or with our bodies if we so choose, or touch someone who is touching you. And those of us gathered, we will do our part without any words, quietly, holding prayers for you in our hands and our hearts and in the mindful and mindful of the sacred power of loving, healing touch. So Jen, I want to invite you to actually go maybe down to the bottom of the steps. I think that might work best. And Nick's going to be getting playing a song, River Flows in You, and I think that's most appropriate for this time of, of energetic um, flow as part of this sanctification, as you called it. And we'll begin with anyone here who is ordained. If you will come forward and either lay a hand on Jen or touch someone who is touching them. Now, we, as Paige mentioned, we are a people of consent, so if you prefer to remain in your chair and just reach out your hand, that is most okay, but if you are ordained, come forward. 
Next, I want to invite anyone who is a member of the two ordaining congregations, if you would like to come forward and either touch Jen or touch someone who is touching Jen. Members of the Unitarian Universalist congregations of Frederick or Columbia. Everyone who is present here who would like to be part of this interdependent web who loves and cares for Jen and wants to bless and help sanctify this moment, please come forward. Everyone online, if you will stretch out your hand toward the camera send your energy, your love, your blessing to this moment. Jen and everyone connected in this time, take a deep breath in and let it go. Right now in real time, don't miss this. This is that moment of sublime still life that Anthony pointed us toward earlier. Jen, open your mind, your heart, your spirit to this moment. It is happening. It is here, right now in real time. Know it not just in your head, but allow your head to take that journey down into your heart. Opening your heart that in this moment you may feel these hands on you, connecting you, send you wishes that you may be filled with loving kindness in this moment and in the days to come, that you may be peaceful and at ease in your ministry, in your service, wishing that you may live with an open heart. Feel it not only in your heart, but in your body, in your feet on the ground, and the hands touching you and the hands touching them. Open your senses, the fullness of yourself, to this interdependent web. Feel the energy, feel the flow. Feel the spirit of life, of love, of mystery in this moment. Blessing you. And sending you blessings that your life may be a blessing to others. Take in one more deep breath. And out. Amen. Ashe, and blessed be. And as we continue to hear this music of the river flowing in you, you can slowly begin to drop your hand and silently make your way back to your chairs.
Let's give it up for the new rep. offering the collegial welcome to our brand new reverend. Welcome, Rev. Jen. Welcome, colleague, and welcome, friend. The road to ordination is long and arduous and filled with so many challenges and bumps in the road. I can both see and feel in this room and through online that you, Jen, have been held with such love and such support. Today marks a new day going forward, your new day as being an ordained minister. I not only want to welcome you, Jen, but I want you to know that your colleagues and your family and your loved ones are here for you in the next steps of your journey. Ministry can be such an all-encompassing vocation. You can be energized and drained, challenged and rewarded, frustrated and inspired, loved and not so loved. And this can all be in one day. But no matter what the changing weather of your vocation may be, storms or clear skies, we are here for you, and you are not alone. I recently heard a song that I had forgotten how much I loved it. It's called, We Shall Be Known by Mamuse. They sing, we shall be known by the company that we keep, and don't those words ring true? With this wonderful collection of colleagues and friends, we are the company you keep. Please remember that these friendships take a little time and a little tending, but also when it's the hardest to reach out, know that we are here for you. Through the happy times and the tough ones, we are the company you keep, and we are here for you. As Mom Muse sings, we shall be known by the company we keep, by the ones who circle round to tend these fires. We shall be known by the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time now. It is time now that we thrive. It is time we lead ourselves into the well. It is time now. And what a time to be alive. In this great turning, we shall learn to lead in love. In this great turning, we shall learn to lead in love. It is time now, Jen, to thrive and for you to lead in love. Lead in love, Jen, and know that we walk this path with you. Welcome, Rev. Welcome, colleague. And welcome, friend. Amen. Dear Jen, as we look forward to seeing your ministry blossom and walking alongside of you as friends and colleagues, here is our charge to you. Ministry is a wonderful thing, but it is also a hard thing. 
And though I have no doubt that you can not only do this hard thing, but that your ministry will be successful and beautiful and exactly what the world needs, I also have no doubt that at times it will leave you beaten down, exhausted, and disappointed. To sustain you through these times, make sure you deepen your own theology and your UU spirituality so it will always be a source of strength and inspiration to draw on and build up a robust spiritual practice that you can sustain even through the exhaustion and the heartbreak. Root yourself in love for the world because what else is this ministry if not a love letter to the world around us? For yourself so that you never forget that you deserve rest and comfort and happiness just as much as all those for whom you care and for those you serve. Just love them. You don't always have to like them, but love them. At a time when so much is at stake, when so much change in the world and in ourselves is direly needed, we need to grow our courage to speak up and act for what is right, even when it feels lonely, and to grow our capacity for accountability, even when it feels vulnerable. As you do so, trust not only that you are part of a faith community that props you up with love when you need it, and that surrounds you with grace if and when you stumble, but also that you are one of the very people that build and sustain this community with your love and your grace too. You carry your heart with so much openness, vulnerability and genuineness. This makes you not only a powerful and relatable minister, but also a lovable friend and colleague. There will be times when those around you don't treat you and your beautiful heart with the care you deserve. So as you keep cultivating a soft and open front, also be sure to build a strong back that will hold you up and carry you through the harder moments of ministry. You are a person who is so full of life and so full of energy and so full of movement. But as you move forward in your ministry and move deeper and cast the circle wider, remember to sometimes come to a halt for just a moment to take a breath, to drink some water, cultiv cultivate joy, and to marvel at the world that surrounds you and the way inter it interacts with your ministry and also to marvel at yourself. Never feel that in order to be an effective minister, you have to prioritize work over building and sustaining relationships. Nurture your old friendships and invest in new ones. Connect with colleagues. Because to be a reverend, you also need people in your life who love you enough to let you be irreverent when you need to be and who see you and believe in you enough to call you back into reverence when you are ready. So Jen, dear friend, dear colleague, 
We look forward to seeing what your ministry brings to Unitarian Universalism. Now, go forth and love the hell out of this world. You have thus been charged. And so, this is the moment, all of you, where we go, so do you really know what you have done? <laughs> Don't worry, it's good stuff. So once upon a time, there was a great spark of everything, and the universe was created. And then we've already heard that story, so we're going to move forward a little ways to the Cambridge platform, which was, pop quiz, Booyah, thank you, Mead Villains. <laughs> Cambridge Platform, 1648. People of the Congregationalist tradition had come across an ocean, and there's some colonialist history attached to that, but we're, what we're going to focus on is that these people had come over here to get away from hierarchy. And so, all of a sudden, out there, no king, no pope, there was a moment to ask one another, once again, as people have been doing, as long as there have been people, how shall we be together. And it's a real question. If there's nobody in charge, no single person to tell you what's okay and what's not, well then we become responsible for one another. And that is what you have done today. You have become responsible for one another. If we are beyond those strict hierarchies, then you, the people of each congregation, you, colleagues and friends, you are all responsible for Jen and for Jen's ministry. You have tied yourself together with the unbreakable threads of faith, the unbreakable stuff of the universe. You are linked. Only congregations, only a vote of the gathered people can ordain a minister in our Unitarian Universalist traditions. And this moment, when a congregation says yes, when a congregation sees how you, Jen, are called by that which is greater, when a congregation or congregations says yes to placing you in that long line of ancestors, says yes to you, taking leadership to draw our future, says yes 
to you as a part of community when all that comes together then you have ordained a minister only you congregations can ordain only you congregations can remove an ordination and that i want to be clear is not a threat but a promise <laughs> here's the thing you can ordain you can unordain and what that means is when you take on the responsibility of raising a leader then you must track who you have given that amazing responsibility to care for souls to and that means you are tied together across time across space that you have chosen to link your lives that's powerful it's as we've said not unspectacular and in the words of Wayne Arneson I want to say take courage friends the way is often hard the path is never clear we've heard that more this past couple of years than any others the stakes are very high take courage for deep down there is another truth that you are not alone you have chosen someone to lead someone to care someone to serve support and care and be led with your mutual discernment all the days of your lives you are bound now across time and space so let it be that sacred thing which you have promised may it be so will you once again lift your voices and singing together this time hymn number 108 my life flows on in endless song and please rise in body or in spirit
I did write something. <laughs> it's right here. This has been a liturgy of invitation. We have been invited again and again into this moment and this moment and this moment. And yes, am I at the center of some of those moments? Sure. Sure. Someone asked me beforehand, not unspectacular. The time when words reach into your heart and become a different thing. When you feel spirit, life, love, energy, source, connection, God, all spirits, ancestors. They are all here. They are all you and you and every one of us here and they are with us. Survive more. Love harder. Go forth from here in loving and connected fellowship. Go forth from here to be the light. There is always a light when we are ready to see it. There is always a light When we are ready to be it To see the light, to be the light To raise our eyes in the dark of night To climb this hill Together we will Shine a light in the dark See the light, yeah, to, to be, be a light, light, to raise our eyes in the dark of 
There is always Get 
Again and again and again I'll close my mouth and learn to live 